Hi everybody, I'm Joseph Walter, and today I wanted to talk about success. What can we do to be successful? And how do we know whenever we've achieved success? More specifically, at what point will success bring satisfaction? Now this is the second in our series on satisfaction, and last time we talked about happiness and what it looks like to be happy. And we said that we would talk about a few things that we look to for satisfaction um, throughout the rest of this series. And this week we wanted to take a look at success and really try to answer the question of how do we find satisfaction in success? Now King Solomon was a genuine authority on the topic of success. In Ecclesiastes 2.9, it explains how he became Israel's most prosperous king. In it, he says, I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. He also was incredibly wise and even very famous. In 1 Kings 4.31, it says he was wiser than all men, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. So what did he do with all of this wisdom and fame and success and intelligence? He set out to understand success and what caused success. And he also set out to understand satisfaction and whether or not we can be satisfied in success. So what better character to study for this topic? Now the first question I want to look to Solomon for is what causes success? He frequently taught that diligence and hard work are key to success. Consider these few verses. In Proverbs 10.4 he said, A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. In Proverbs 14.23 he says, In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. Now in addition to diligence, he also taught that wisdom or skill helped one along in terms of achieving success. Consider this verse in Ecclesiastes 10.10, where it says, If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but wisdom helps one succeed. Simply put, wisdom added to work produces wealth. Skill and sweat lead to success. So if Solomon was so successful, I think he's one of the best people to ask whether or not success can bring satisfaction. Now, while he extols wisdom as a virtue, he also reveals that wisdom can bring sorrow. Take, for example, Ecclesiastes 1.18, where he says, For in much wisdom is vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. He also expresses that work can produce sorrow as well. In Ecclesiastes 2.22-23, he says, What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. So if wisdom and work can produce sorrow, is it any wonder that what they produce, that is wealth and success, also doesn't satisfy? Consider Ecclesiastes 2.11, where he says, Then I considered all, the all that my hands had done and the toil I had suspended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and a striving after the wind. Now this left me wondering, if wisdom and diligence are virtues, then how can these virtues produce sorrow in our lives? Now you see, Whenever wisdom or work or the success that they produce become a source of satisfaction or purpose for us, then at that point they become an idol. See, even a virtue can become an idol, which robs us of their intended benefit and gives us sorrow in exchange. Just as we depend on God for our existence, every single virtue depends on God to produce good in us. Additionally, wisdom and diligence and the success that they produce can so subtly be motivated out of covetousness. In fact, this happens so often that Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes 4.4. 4. 
He said that, I saw that all toil and all skill and work come from a man's envy of his neighbor. This also is vanity and a striving after the wind. Whenever we seek any level of success at all, in order to be happy or to feel satisfied, we're coveting. What's more, that covetousness will rob the satisfaction that we seek. You see, I think all of this leaves us wondering what satisfaction and success really looks like. Now, in Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says that God has put eternity into man's heart. As a result, anything that we do that is temporary doesn't satisfy us. You see, satisfaction is, doesn't come from a momentary experience, but comes from an enduring state of being. So in our context here, what this means is that any success that's not lasting, that's temporary, doesn't satisfy us. We're looking for meaningful success that has an enduring legacy to it. So consider, for example, what Solomon said about why success doesn't satisfy. He says that it's vain. In other words, it leaves us unsatisfied. In Ecclesiastes 2, 18 to 19, he said, I hated all my toil in which I toiled under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be a wise or a fool. You see, the success that we ultimately crave is success that endures. So how can we have the success? A success that leaves a lasting impact. After all, that's the success that we're craving. Ecclesiastes tells us that repeatedly, that whatever we do will not last. Take, for example, Ecclesiastes 1.11, where he says, There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of latter things yet to be among those who come after. Solomon even recounts a siege in Ecclesiastes 9, where a poor man saved an entire city. Yet afterwards, no one remembered the thing that he did or the success that he had. What all of this means is that we lack the power to produce meaningful change, to produce something that lasts. But here's the good news. God does not. Ecclesiastes 3.14 says that whatever God does endures forever. Now, in a post that we wrote a little while ago titled The Work and the Worry, we explained that God causes our success, that he takes our very limited wisdom and diligence and produces something that's meaningful and eternal, produces that lasting success that we crave. What's more, whenever we rely on God to do this, he takes the worry out of our work so that we can find satisfaction in it. Whenever we rely on his power, we're able to rest knowing that he is the one who will take our limited efforts and turn them into something meaningful and lasting. You see, this is all good news. This means that success doesn't have to be sorrowful. Proverbs 10.22 says that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Whenever we do success God's way, not out of covetousness, but out of being content with what we have, and not out of anxiety, but relying on his power to make our success meaningful, then we're able to find joy in it and find satisfaction in our success. It's then that we're able to experience what Solomon describes in Ecclesiastes 3, verses 12 to 13, where he says, I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. It's in this way that we can find satisfaction in success. What's more is that we get to enjoy life's good things along the way. But there's a balance to that because we can also look to those good things for a source of satisfaction. Next time we'll talk more about that as we explore satisfaction and pleasure. If you would like more content, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can also find videos of our content on the Loving Theology YouTube channel. 
Visit us at livingtheology.com to find all of our posts and links to our references. You can also subscribe to our email at our website or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks again for joining us.